Oh man, it's Wednesday, which means it's podcast day. Yay. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited uh, to be here. It's summertime. It is. This is Rachel Vogt with my best friend Jess Anderson. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, well, and Harper. And Harper. And baby Harper, who's yeah. growing like a tiny peanut. And now we just announced or found out on Monday that we have a baby girl. Mm-hmm. So oh, exciting. I am. I'm excited. I was really ecstatic for my kid because I'm like, not, there's not a lot of people I know uh, that have kids my age like, that I'm close to, let alone girls. Mm-hmm. So... And there's nothing wrong with her hanging out with her brothers, but she gets a lot of boy time. Yes. So I like her to have balance and yes. decide what she wants to do. Yes. So uh, I'm so excited for you guys. It's so great. Thank you. And Rory. Yes, I'm very excited for her, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell people where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for my private Facebook group if you're a lady, 18 or older. Uh, it's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And although, stay tuned, I may be creating a gender-inclusive group on Facebook, just, but I want it to be, like, just very loud disclaimer, this is a, like, group for anyone and everyone, so if you're in this group, there is no discrimination and or harassment hey anyone in the photos that sounds pretty bomb yeah i'm pretty excited about it yeah let us know for sure so we can get the word out what what a great month to launch that if you were considering it cool so um i'm rachel vote as i had already said you can find me at vote for parties on instagram um sparingly but my story is consistent as heck and over on facebook my personal page uh has been generating a lot of buzz in the best way possible in terms of launching some new relationships reigniting some old ones um just getting a lot of love, which is great because, I mean, to me that just means that the people are potentially falling in love with themselves first. Mm-hmm. Yeah! Okay, so then uh, the VIP page, uh, if you have to be 18 years or older as well, Feminine Energy, we, we continue the conversation that we have here on the podcasts um, in other formats. So check it on out for sure. Mm-hmm. And I got an empowerment class coming up um, on the 29th of July. I'm excited because that's online, so, so it's like, how many butts do you allow in the seats? Yeah. That's exciting, though. Yeah, but I still prefer, like, an intimate group. Oh. You know what I mean? Because otherwise people just don't feel... I mean, it's hard enough, like, you're online now, you don't know people, so... Mm-hmm. I had a group of, like, 14 last time, and it was, like, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so at, ask me, is what I was going to say. Reach out to me if you uh, still feel like you're struggling a little bit. I had a profound moment with a client yesterday. She reached out to me um, to post an anonymous question in the group, and it was in reference to she just didn't feel like she had a sense of self at all and she's like I don't even know what to care about but I care about everything like I'm overwhelmed but I've got like no direction I was like hey you about to go through a midlife crisis and she's like oh great like like, like she had a sense of humor about it and I'm like everything you're describing is exactly where I've been um I said here's the good news I'm like you can embrace it and I I mean I I suggest that you do because you're probably not going to avoid it Mm -hmm. but if you embrace it you can be prepared for it which means you can navigate through it faster and then learn the lesson sooner so um there's a lot of people going through that right now oh oh yeah i think the i think the pandemic kind of oh yeah forced forced it yeah for a lot of people and that's not necessarily a bad thing i think that without the pandemic there would there would have been a lot of people that would have drug it out in a sense like it would have taken years for them to realize they were in this period of their life and for some it still will oh yeah 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 so um if if it's if something we talk about is resonating with you or if you catch something empowering in justice page or something that just like 
pulls you in a direction you're like, oh, kind of like, oh, I've thought about that. Wherever you see it, if it's in the VIP page or whatever, you know, that that's something to pay attention to. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So just get through it and survive it. And if you are looking for some guidance or I always like to say a way to expedite what you're feeling, then definitely talk to me about the class because it's it's been great. So um, I like that what we were, the two things we were just kind of talking about in our own businesses is kind of going to blend together with what's going on today in our conversation. Um, I always kind of like to throw this silly disclaimer in there that we are both white heterosexual women. So it, it feels almost asinine sometimes that we even have a podcast if I'm being completely truthful. But it, there's there's a large market of us out there. Yeah. And what we hope is that by using our platform is that um, in some way you will expand your horizons if you have not already to see other perspectives. And, um, not only does that enrich your own life, but I think that hopefully that is what message goes to each and everybody else Mm -hmm. in terms of if you're looking for change, how do you implement it? And one of those things is by using your platform to share other people's story who may not have the voice to be heard yet. Yeah. It's pride month. Pride Month, oh my gosh, it, it's such an, it, I think there's an electricity about the month of June for me. I always have, always have, I don't know, I'm not sure. It's like, because May, you were a kid, you still generally tended to have school, at least mm-hmm. in Nebraska. You weren't officially out, and July is all about 4th of July, even though it's at the very beginning yeah. of the month. It just feels like that rolls into the rest of summer or whatever. So I don't know what it's always been about for June, so it, I just think it's, it's great that that's Pride Month. For those who like to celebrate it. Um, and they should be celebrated. Yeah. yeah. So um, I know that in part to what we've been doing for years that, well, at least for us, I can't speak on behalf of other consultants, but I know that the, this has opened the door for me to think a lot more about sexuality and um, attraction Mm-hmm. how you see people in the relationships and their their worth and rights. Yeah. Do I say? Um, I know that that's not true of everybody and that will be, that that's, that's their thing. But um, I just don't understand why, why this is still a problem. <laughs> I just don't understand why, like, people still have to take things to federal courts and Supreme Courts to get their rights protected based on their sexuality or their, their yeah. gender identity. Yeah. Um, or just laws that govern the own bo- or their own body. Yeah. I don't know, I understand why. I mean, like, I, well, let's be honest. I think at the core of what it is, we will not go political. It, it just, that that becomes a protection of life to me. Mm-hmm. That's where it all stems back to, right? Somebody has to protect th- these embryos and these babies. It should be the person that houses them. Oh, I agree. Uh, they should be their decision. Yep. Um, so then I'm just going to leave it at that. But I think that that's what is, that's the trickling effect. Of, of course it is, and that's what it seeps into. And so, as women, we can sp- speak to that in terms of understanding how our best interest isn't always considered, mm-hmm. uh, and it's minimal in comparison to other people's stories. But uh, allowing yourself to feel the small magnitude of what that means allows for you to extend that empathy towards other people. And I think that sometimes what the message that gets mi- mixed up in that is that to be predominantly forceful or adamant about your opinion is the way that we convince others. And I just think that that has just failed massively for years and years and years. And it just needs to be about, uh, this is my friend, Jane, this is my friend, Jim, this is my friend, Sarah, and this is how it's impacted their lives. And this is what it means to me for them to be happy. And I don't know why that has to bother you. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. I think that's as simple as it needs to be. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Jim or Jane's choices in life affect you. Right. Like, exactly. They don't know you. They don't right. interact with you. Right. Do you think about, like, when you drive past your neighbors, are you like, I'm wondering what they're doing in their bedroom all the time? Mm-hmm. Because even if it is a heterosexual woman and a heterosexual man... You have no idea what's going... It could be the dirtiest, raunchiest things that she's doing to him in that bedroom. And we would still find that more socially acceptable in some for, for some people's opinions than two men who want to love each other. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I have been picking this apart. I, I mean, for as long as I can remember when I was a kid, the first... I don't even remember... Like, understanding what gay or lesbian meant, I remember seeing, like, a rainbow bumper sticker, and my dad was like, do you know what that is? I was like, it's a rainbow. (laughs) And he's like, it was for the gays. And I was like, what? What does that mean? And that was, was like, the first thing I learned about the flag. And that, I don't even remember, I think most of my exposure probably came from, like, stuff, like, on MTV, which was always pro, (laughs) um, choice, pro everything. Um, I, I had, I I can't even tell you, but I just, I know that I've always been incredibly open to it. Um, and young men who might identify as homosexual today, I would say, were my friends in school. And, and I think that, and it was, it is not about being a hag. It's like, it, I think it was just about an energy of acceptance. Yeah. Like I can tell you ain't gonna go play sports. <laughs> I don't really play sports either. So we could talk, you know, celebrity gossip all day. Let's do that. Right. Well, see, and I feel very blessed now. And I think part of the reason why it boggles my mind that people are still having to fight for LGBTQ rights is because I have two, two, yeah, well, one flamboyant, well, yeah, okay, so growing up, my mom's stepbrother is flamboyantly homosexual. Mm -hmm. He lives in California now, he does, like, Broadway shows, and it's just, like, very, like, your stereotypical cliche, cliche. sure, sure, but to me... He was just my uncle, mm-hmm. like, you know, and we weren't super close because everyone in my family has been married, divorced, separated, whatever. Um, so he's a little bit older than my mom, had moved out of state when I was really young, but I always heard about Uncle Tony and heard my, you know, straight heterosexual uncles calling him, you know, Antonia and like all of these oh, yeah, yeah. feminine things, yeah, feminine things, teasing him. But it was always done in, in my eyes in a loving way because he's family, but it was, it was never a you're wrong for this. Oh, you're, sure. You're not accepted for this. It was, we all loved him. Like, he just played into some of the stereotypes. And this was back in the 90s when it was a little bit more socially acceptable to tease or pick on people based mm-hmm. on their sexuality mm-hmm. or their, their sexual identity. Yep. So I just always assumed that it was 100% okay, 100% that he normal, was gay. that he yeah. was gay. It was yeah. never in my mind a bad thing. Yeah. And then my older sister, growing up, probably when I was in middle school, she was in high school, she came out like didn't really come out. She just kind of one day just said to me in a conversation that she was bisexual and I didn't really know what it was at the time. I I didn't understand it. So I asked her questions and she just said that she was sexually attracted to men and women, Mm -hmm. um, both equally. And that she had like female friends that she wanted to date, but she had male friends that she wanted to date. And it was again, one of those, this is not wrong. This is not evil. This is not, I understand. This is her preference. This is her preference. This is how, this is, this does not affect me. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. in my mind, I just assumed that the entire world was okay with it. Yeah. And to find out that they're not blows my mind on the daily. Right. You talked about, you know, having 
male friends in in school mm -hmm. that you were mm -hmm. you gravitated towards or that they gravitated towards you because you had a you found each other a feeling of acceptance i had two flamboyantly gay or homosexual male friends in high school that my mom let me go on their anniversary of dating in high school my mom took me to the store to buy them flavored condoms because i thought it was super funny like i was just like <laughs> and my mom was just like well, at least they're being safe. And like, that was one of those like bonding experiences. Again, it's acceptable. Mom. Completely acceptable. Yeah. I don't know anyone else's parents that in high school, like I think it was freshman or, or sophomore year. So I was young mm -hmm. buying condoms for my friends and my mom just thought it was totally fine. Yeah. So I feel blessed coming from a family that never made me feel like if I decided that I would, I was attracted to someone else of a different sexual identity or gender. Right. It would, it was fine. Mm. There was never any question about it. Yeah. I think what, um, you know, there's, it's so cliche to say that it's all about labeling, mm -hmm. right? But there's two sides of the spectrum, in my opinion. There's a side of the spectrum if that you, if you are not the most commonly known homosexual, or not, I say, let's, let's back it up, heterosexual man and woman, mm -hmm. that's what is the most commonly known um, label, quote mm -hmm. unquote, right? But when you even branch out from there, right, like you can be as simple as like heterosexual woman, never had an experience with a woman, finds women incredibly attractive, uh, fantasizes about women, but never has any interest to be sexually involved. Like you can be that specific about what your preference is and nobody's going to bat an eye because that's what you say to yourself about who you are in your head. But you, you, you can't, where does that fall into the box? Right. You know, so there is such... There's always a spectrum. There's always a spectrum between what you are and are not attracted to, even within, if you dare say, I just want to go to heterosexual because it's the easiest thing for me to be able to relate to, obviously, mm -hmm. is there's certain men that you're attracted to. And this is not, um, I think, more, I don't think it's as hard as it needs to be for people is that it comes from your influences. Mm -hmm. So whatever you had growing up, teachers, pastors, whomever, um, you had great experience, you had bad experiences that directed who you would find yourself with. Uh, masculine men versus more feminine, softer men. Uh, athletic versus theatrics, right? Like liter literary, there's so many different types of categories you can be attracted to. And while a lot of us can throw a bunch in the mix, we tend to find a type or we mm -hmm. find a lot of commonalities in that person, right? So that's your influence. There's probably parts of your dad in there or lack thereof. It, so there's more spectrums, right? It just digs deeper because how much of it is like your dad because you 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 either craved his attention or you idolized him because he treated you like a princess or you had nothing to want, like traces of your dad and the person you were dating because you obviously hated each other so much, whatever. So again, why is there a label? Because everybody's so individually unique mm -hmm. that there's there's no box to check. But in, you know, if you look at, um, you know, history of civilization, that's all what people wanted. They wanted the nice, neat boxes to check off and to say, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. And I think as time has gone on, we've all kind of, at least millennials and is it Gen Z's or something, something. I don't know. That, huh? <laughs> the younger generations have started to to see that it's a spectrum and not just Correct. little boxes. I, oh, I agree with that. To check off. Yeah, I agree but, with that. But, the, that's, but that's the still, struggle is how do we get... How do we get from there? Because you still have mainstream media and movies and all of these cultural things that have the 
the box Classic, whatever, stru- yeah, yeah, structure yeah, yeah. of society. And it's taking more time than it should to get mainstream media or the news or whatever to like move to the spectrum mm-hmm. side of things or how we classify things. And I think that once we can get that to change, like, you know, mainstream pop culture, whatever, to move to the spectrum view of the world, yeah. then I think that the general public will will start to accept it a little bit more too. Sure. I, I do agree with that, of course, because that's where most people's influences come from, mm-hmm. especially as an adult, because you never stop being influenced, yes. right? You never, I mean, if you feel stagnant, you're... You better, you better be, be backing up, check, check your bot, check that take, make sure you ain't about to have your midlife crisis. Um, but when you are, um, <laughs> what the heck are we talking about? Uh, mainstream media yeah. and influences like that. So like, as we talk about, like, as you get into more personal development too, you tend to kind of stray away from those types of things mm-hmm. because like what, what I want to pick apart a little bit, like with that, like I, I, I was flipping through Netflix the other day. I saw that there was like a whole specific LGBTQI like category. Great. Mm-hmm. It's just like black lives matter, um, categories having more exposure and like these big red, like flashing lights to say, Hey, watch me, look at me. Mm-hmm. You're going to get different exposures, different perspectives, which is great. I think, uh, but in the same token, it's like, it also focuses on the hate that we don't want to see that's involved in it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a catch 22. And so for me, it's like, you know, like what you had said is like, it has to go back to maybe we, how do we, how do we respectfully take a break from those types of things? So voices still be heard, but then like really just realize all it takes for me to say to Olivia is that whatever you see is that as long as people are loving, consenting and everybody's safe, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what body parts they have. It doesn't matter what their preferences are. As long as you can see that they're happy and it's not hurting you, give them a high five. Yeah, I don't know how to... I mean, I wish there was just a button that we could press. And... Yeah. I think you have to balance maybe between the two. Yeah. It's okay to expand your view. Like, one of the cool things that I heard recently is, like, when people... <clears throat> um, well, yeah, I would think it would be like a really hot, hot topic was that they talk about when people are in the midst of kind of what's going on right now, it's, it is hard because it's like, if you feel like you're the one that's being prejudiced against, you're creating, yeah, you're creating that reality because you're focusing on the oppression. Mm -hmm. But again, it's that, but people need to know, people need to hear a change needs to happen. So you have to, you have that double-edged sword of dipping back into the negative, which you can tend to attract. Mm-hmm. So how do you counterbalance that? But I think it's, to me, that's what it is, is. Well, I think that it, I mean, not to get too political or anything, but I, I think that you do have to, to, to amass a certain amount of change and to bring about real change in people's, in mass society's opinion and not just your circle of friends. I do think that you have to focus on, you have to shed a light on the negativity and you have to kind of live in that space and it's a mental turmoil and it takes a mental toll on the person living in that, in that negative space because that's all you're focusing on. That's all you're seeing. That's all that the universe is showing you. Mm-hmm. But it it's important because without someone shedding the light on that negativity and somebody living in that negativity, people who aren't being oppressed, you know, single white, or not single white, but, but, but <laughs> white straight female mm-hmm. I'm, I was completely oblivious to some of the things that, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement was focusing on about this, like the actual systemic, like, um, 
policies and procedures that are in place within the government that mm-hmm. op- that are like I can't think of words, but that are still oppressing people of color to this day that were implemented 50 years ago sure. with, you know, I watched the movie 13 on Netflix, which you have, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. But, um, with the prison systems and the, the war on drugs oh, really yeah. translated That's to all a connected. war on pe- um, mm-hmm. people of color. Yeah. So, but that was a, I was just completely oblivious, ignorant to the whole thing. And sure. I needed someone to focus on that and shed a light on it and speak up about it. Cause it wasn't, I saw that, thing on Netflix a hundred times and never clicked on it because I never knew what it was about. Never. Right. It wouldn't appeal to a white heterosexual woman. Exactly. Sure. And I, you know, which sucks because I have family members that are of color. I have stepsisters that are black. I have, you know, uncles and people that have been married into our family that are people of color. So you would, I would think in my brain that I was open to those things but it still didn't scream out to me when I was scrolling through all of the hundreds of Hallmark movies on, on Netflix. It didn't stand out until I saw it on social media and had so many of my friends that are, are black or people of color that were like, you need to go watch this. If you don't understand what's going on in the world, go watch this, go watch this. So I finally was like, okay, I, I got it. I need to go watch it. And now I'm like, my whole mind is blown and I'm just, I can't, I can't go back to the unknown. I can't go back. Oh yeah. To once you know, you can't unknow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No better, do better. So it's one of those, it's a catch 22 because to actually get change in the world, you have to have somebody focusing on the negative and living in the negative, but there has to be an end game of getting back to the positive. It's you can focus on the, once you get a, enough attention, once you get enough people behind your cause and like, okay, you know, we were ignorant, but we didn't know what was going on. Now we like, now we see what needs to change. How do we change it? Then it, there needs to be a shift into action and, and actionable things to make change. Not just, we need change, we need change. Okay, what do we change? Now you've got people's attention. Now let's shift out of the negative and into the positive moving forward. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, I think there's there's power in numbers for sure. I think when you look at um, sexuality and skin color and prejudice and things like that, it but it has to go back to the individual because you have to ask yourself, even if you were like considering being a part of whatever mass is in, in your vision at the moment Mm -hmm. or your realm or your reality, whatever is, do I align with what is being said and how does it make me feel? And is there discord in my body right now? Because if you feel like, Oh, that doesn't feel right, then it's probably not your thing. But even if it's not your thing, it doesn't mean it has to be, like, shame and I have to put somebody else down to make sure that my opinion sounds more valid. And I think that's that's the problem. That's the problem. It's, it's fine. I don't expect that everybody will be comfortable tomorrow with two, seeing two men kiss. That is bizarre and beyond me, but that's their opinion. But why look the other way? Why not just smile and be happy for people who get to show love and affection to one mm-hmm. another? there's always a choice of should I make this a good moment or a bad moment? And regardless of what any past experience has or has not happened to you to influence what your initial thought is happening, why, why not choose the good? That I think stems from, in my personal opinion, again, not an expert, but to me, that's upbringing. That's yeah. I think it's environmental and genetic influences. Oh yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it, I mean, it sucks because it goes back to the broader spectrum of things but I feel like a lot of our parents and a lot of our grandparents were much more heavily influenced by the government and they took what the government was saying as 100% true Bible. Yeah and people still do today. People some do still today yeah but 
it it's one of those a lot of the people that I see reacting negatively to two men kissing on the street or a black man walking his dog mm-hmm. down the street mm-hmm. they are people who are much more I don't want to generalize this but in my experiences it's been people that are very outspoken about their religion very outspoken about their political stance my way is the, the my way, way yeah my way is the highway and I'm not open to um discussions or you trying to change my mind right and if you think something differently it's wrong exactly yeah and in my opinion those are the people that were raised by the the types of parents that just blindly followed what the government was telling them blindly followed the agenda blindly bought into the white is right kind of movement that was you know 20 30 10 years ago and now it's you get a lot more like or open-minded people like yourself like you and I and a lot more open-minded people who they don't agree with what their parents said they they are they kind of see they something see else. Yes. yeah they have the discord they walk towards it figure it out yes uh-huh. so it's i don't i don't know how to get people who are very close-minded to open their minds and it, to me it's just leading by example it's yeah it's, I agree. Ki- it's kind of being louder than the oppressors so the people that are close-minded that are talking negatively about two gay men on what, the street but kissing, what stops them from being louder hmm. Well, not physically louder or not. No, I know. Louder, louder, but I think I think being, I replaced the word with lovelier. Lovelier, yeah, <laughs> louder, lovelier. That's why kill them with kindness. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Kill them with kindness. Yeah. I, if you are, if I see you on the street making snide comments or like spitting on the ground that they walk on. I'm going to go up and ask if I can give them a hug. So I'm going like yeah, to go up and just yes, start I, a conversation. I think that's important. And show them that, hey, I don't I don't care who this person is. That, that does is, not matter. Block yeah, that energy. Block, forget I, it. I'm literally going you to be are love. I'm going yeah. to be the wall between you and that negative energy. Yeah. My positive energy, my aura, whatever, I'm going to put that on you so that you can forget about the, the jerkwad that was, you know, trying to ruin your day behind you. So it's kill them with kindness. Yeah. But it's... Again, I choose to focus on the positivity. So while I wish that I could somehow fix all the negativity in the world, yeah. I know that it's easier for me to just block them out and show love to the people that they're oppressing and the people that they're trying to knock down mm-hmm. than it is to try and change their the other person's mind. Yeah. And um, I want to tie back to what you we were talking about earlier. Now, this, I think, it's... it's it's not ironic. I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. Maybe it's partial alignment. I think that everything that started at the beginning of the year that's trickling down into so much close proximity, not getting out and do the regular mm-hmm. things, tensions continue to rise and unhappy houses, um, all that kind of stuff leads into uh, where we're at this month with things happening and going on. So um, <clears throat> when... <laughs> <laughs> trying to set that all up and then was like, I don't even know where that's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I can't believe it. I just set that. Up. Okay. Well, I'll come back to that. But so here's one of the things that I was going to say earlier. Um, when stuff happens, when we are talking about how do you focus on the good without being inundated by the bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the really powerful things I have recently change a perspective in, in, in a challenge in your life is when, especially if you're going through it, which has been more difficult for me to kind of figure out in the moment. Now it's always been at like an afterthought, like that was really tough. And I'm, I'm glad I made it through when I'm in it. It's like high anxiety 
and overwhelm mm-hmm. is like a big one for me, very much overwhelm and confusion. What do I do? What's my top priority? Um, and that's something that I'm still working through right now. But <clears throat> when something like that's happening, if now you can stop and slow down and go, where the feeling isn't matching the thought. So I have to slow, slow down, like I said already, and figure out what the discord is. But what's going to happen in this challenge is it's going to help me expand. So the next time around, I know what I won't tolerate. I know what uh, is not good for me. Mm -hmm. I know what doesn't feel good. And that's all I'm trying to do is work towards feeling good. So that really helps, I think. I know it's like, okay, but if if I'm getting the crap beat out of me in an alley because I was walking hand in hand with my girlfriend, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate that you were asking the universe for something like that to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it, it, what's the worst that could happen if you thought everybody sees me as pure joy, everybody wants my happiness for others, all I want is happiness, and uh, then it, it trickles into everybody else in that same way. Yeah. I think that it's really cool that we're kind of going through this level of infinite labels mm-hmm. about what you are, who you are. And I, I'll be completely honest, I can't keep up with anything of it. No. Like after yeah. whatever is in the alphabet right now, the LGBTQ, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, um, I have to stop at the I. Like I have to. Be. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I just need to create. It just needs to be just like a new word. It just needs to be a new word. And it should just be human being. <laughs> That's yeah. what I am as a human being. And leave it at that. But I think it's really great that people can feel like they can build an identity. And well, yeah. And this is what I am. I feel like the structure of society, I mean, <laughs> the structure of society has has been built on labels. Yes. And that's how people identify, like, that's how they build their own identity within themselves. Right. Is picking and choosing the labels from society that Correct. they that, handed out. That everybody knows is universal. Yes. Yeah. And so there is a lot of, I mean, struggle when people start coming up with new labels because then people are like oh no like I've told myself that this is who I am because this is what society told me I could choose from and now you're telling me that there's an infinite you know amount of possibilities yeah people go through a lot of identity crisis but I I truly think that the world is becoming is slowly becoming more pansexual as a whole I agree and it's you know I had a, a the children's mom, their biological mother, um, she started dating a woman, you know, a few months ago, and she came over to tell her ex-husband and her ex-husband's new girlfriend, myself, mm-hmm. um, that she was dating a woman. And she was, you know, obviously nervous. She looked visibly nervous to, to, to say that because she had never discussed that side of her sexuality with her husband at the time. And he, you know, kind of like giggled and was like, oh, my ex-wife is dating a woman now. And I was just like, and? Like... She's dating a human being. She's dating somebody who she's attracted to. She's attracted to. She's aligned with morals, goals, all of that alignment. And so I think, I think his ex-wife was really shocked when I was just like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're really happy for you. And she was just like, oh, like, you don't have like any questions or anything. And I was just like, no, like you always kind of really seem like a pansexual to myself. Like you, you are more attracted to people's, you know, attitudes, behaviors, light, aura, energy than you are to their body parts. Mm-hmm. And again, that's one of those things that I think comes from, stems from my growing up in an accepting environment and an accepting household that I just, I think the entire world one day, hopefully my goal for the world is that everyone's just pansexual because that's, you're literally attracted to anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter their sexual orientation, their gender, anything. It's just, right. you are attracted to that human being. Right. So if you like, I think that 
that's part of the issue is that we look so much externally at the scientific factor of what a human body is. Mm -hmm. And even for, for somebody like when you're born, your mind is just such a beautiful blank slate. Mm -hmm. And I, I 100% believe that there is, there is biology built into that. I was watching something where, um, it was statistically there. It was shown that for females who birth multiple boys in their family, the chances increase that he will, uh, recognize as being homosexual as he gets older. Usually within like families of four and five, there's usually two, two of them that fluctuate on the spectrum Mm -hmm. somewhere. And that's just because like the chromosomes decrease masculinity as she continues to age and um literally spreads her genes out yeah like i'm like that's crazy that's crazy so you can't fight who you are and you don't need to you don't need to so on that that basis there you have zero control about how you came to be and the little person that you will be representing yourself as in this on this planet earth but more importantly you throw in this mix of what was your environment all of a sudden what were your influences of the the sex that your parents were forced by society to place upon you as one or the other until you could make your own decision. Right. So there's that aspect of it. And then you, for me, I think about like, um, I don't, I think I've said this before. I don't like the term hermaphrodite because that is not what is mm-hmm. socially acceptable anymore. And I, I apologize straight out because I didn't think I'd use that term in this podcast today. Um, but that all that was, was that cell function grew differently on that human body. Yep. That's all that it was. And that, can, that, that comes in different variations that comes with ovaries inside the body and like an actual penis that comes with testicles um, and ovaries being internal. So there's nothing external that's different. It's mm-hmm. just the body just is it. That's like, it has nothing. You have, you have this beautiful little shining light of soul inside somewhere in you, wherever you feel like your being lives. And then you have this external skin, mm-hmm. right? It's not different if you were to have six fingers on one hand mm-hmm. versus four toes on the other. Like, why is that more socially acceptable than somebody who's not born with a limb or both reproductive parts? It's the connotation that we gave to it. Mm-hmm. So if anybody you know needs to hear that, like hear how how black and white it is. And I understand it's like, it's not that easy. It's not, it's, of course it's not that easy because there's all of these social cues that are telling yes. you that it's not correct. Yes, it, it's and social cues. Social cues that have been repeated and repeated and repeated. But the silly thing about that is that that's always been constantly changing too mm-hmm. from clothing and trends to makeup and hair to, um, you know, I mean, there was times where men were more feminine now. And, and then there were, they, you wanted like the, the buff, buffest guy in the world. And now it's, it's whatever you want, you know, like Mm -hmm. it all changes. (laughs) Yeah. That's totally in right now. And you know, there was a time where wafer thin models were the thing. And Mm -hmm. then thankfully I believe we're getting to more of a, just a live your own healthy skin body kind Mm -hmm. of mentality. Which is great. Um, so what a, what a beautiful time to be alive. Yes. And who you want to be and who you should be. And forget about all of those constructs that everybody else set up for you. And that's, I think, the problem is, is like, again, you have to undo all of those notions and thoughts and feelings and beliefs that somebody else tied together for you when you were so young mm-hmm. with that beautiful blank slate that you no longer have. Oh, yeah. And I think it really, I mean, it's our generation's responsibility to teach the next generation. Yeah, I and agree. And to teach our children to be more inclusive and more accepting and understanding and to teach them to fight it. Like 
basically it's our responsibility to not teach them all of those social social cues right so that until they're of conscious mind and can start to make their decisions about their their identity and their world and their their desires of the of life because if we teach them like our parents taught us then it's going to just make their life as hard to change as it is for ours. Yeah, right. Because they have to undo. undo. I think about that all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, how much do you, how much slack do you give them to form their own thoughts and opinions versus, like, well, I can't not talk to you in the car and, you know, to mm-hmm. avoid an influence of conversation or whatever. But it's really interesting that you say that because we had um, Olivia's two year checkup, right? And I told the doctor straight up, I mean, she doesn't talk very much, but. I'm not concerned about it because she doesn't go to daycare. She's mm-hmm. home with me. Um, and while we obviously conversate with each other, it's not like chatty little children um, for her to pick that up. I'm not concerned. And she's like, well, we should probably schedule an appointment for two and a half years just to make sure. And I'm like, not a big deal. She uses sign language. I feel like I understand her, but I understand that the bigger picture is that it could get frustrating for her not being able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. Um, but the thing I struggle with in my new age hippie mom ways is... Number one, sometimes I'm like, I just don't think it's necessary for me to talk all the time. I think that she needs to be okay with being in the quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, this fabulous book I read that's called Flow, I highly recommend it, but this Nobel Peace Prize winning guy with like 27 letters in his last name um, said that that's one of the most crucial things for children is that from like age 7 to 15 is that they need to be able to be alone and be okay. Not as a punishment, but as a form of I can be with myself and that's enough. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have social distractions or feeling like I have to fit in and that means with zero screen time they can entertain themselves some way um, without that distraction that's so crucial for them so I struggle with I mean like I know she's not seven or eight but I I I find like I mean that's to me it's like I can't sit her in front of Sesame Street for more than two episodes before I'm like okay we have to do something different and I just know that's just a contrast because of my insecurities of how I raised Cole when Mm -hmm. I was a young immature mother but how much of that versus like, do I, like, sometimes I just, like, like, I just have a conversation with myself in front of her, like, I feel like would be valuable for her to listen to, but it's, like, what's the big deal if she's not saying, she, she knows what a tree is, she knows when we're home and we go around the block, but why do I have to give her the words yet? Mm-hmm. Because I read this quote one day that said that words are a way to cover up emotion. Yeah. And I was, like... Who like goosebumps like holy crap that's right and your emotions tie back to your feelings and your feelings are your thoughts so that's how it works outwards thoughts to feelings to emotions to words Mm -hmm. but words don't translate well because there's only good and there's only bad but bad is anxiety depression anger revenge uh overwhelm and then happy is all these beautiful words Mm -hmm. it's the sunshine right yeah so we've muddied the waters and we've made it hard to understand each other When it comes as simple as, I just want to be happy. Okay, so just be happy. (laughs) Yeah. Just be happy. I mean, I applaud you for for trying to allow Olivia to be alone with her thoughts and alone with her attention. Because something that we are struggling with, with Mason, who is eight, is that... He is deathly afraid of being in a room by himself. He has oh, yeah. he has to know where the adults are at all times. He has to. Um, right now, we live on the second floor of an apartment building, and our laundry is in the basement. Oh, and sure. he can be playing video games, like attention, like he can't hear anything I'm saying in the apartment. But the second I grab the laundry room key that hangs right by our door, and he sees me unlock that door, he's like, "Where are you going? Oh, I'm gonna come with you. Wait a minute, I'm gonna come with he you. I want to be alone." And he has to come, like physically will cry, scream, chase after me 
if I tell him that I don't want him to come to the lip, I mean, I've never told him I don't want him to, but it's better for you to stay here. It's one of, yeah, it's, I'm just going downstairs to switch over the laundry. I'll be back in two minutes. Like it's not going to take me forever. I'm going to come right back. I come back every single time and he knows that, but it's, he's so scared of being alone. And part of that I think has just been that he and his sister have been sharing a room, sharing a room yeah. since they were, since she was born. That was she hard was, for me too. She was five. Yeah. And we are now talking about um, switching up our living arrangements. Now that we have the baby coming, now that we know it's a girl, we're like, Oh, well we're going to be in our two bedroom apartment for a while because we're saving up to buy a house. And so we're like, if we get to a point where the baby, we don't want the baby sleeping in our room anymore. We might make a, like turn make the living room, room yeah. into the boys' room because the the boys like to sleep on the couch when they're at our house anyways. But we're like, we'll get a pull-out couch, a queen size, so that the boys can share the bedroom in the living room. And then the girls can share the bedroom in, in, in the girls' room, in the spare, or the second bedroom. And both of the kids, like Mason was just like, oh yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to sleep in the living room. And Rory was just like, but I don't want to sleep alone. And we're like, oh, but you'll, you'll have Harper, you'll have the baby. And she's just like, no, but I want to sleep with Mason. Wherever Mason sleeps, I want to sleep. And it's just like... We love them. They have their own separate bed beds in the same bedroom, but they have shared a bedroom every minute of their of her life, so that she is definitely scared of of sleeping without him. Mm-hmm. So it's just that that separation. We need them to be okay being by themselves. Right. Yeah. They just need to be able to be self sufficient. I, I'm I'm so glad that Tony was that way in the beginning with her. Like from the start, mm-hmm. she's never slept in our bed, and Cole practically slept with me every night until yeah. he was like five. So I agree with that. It's just a it's no better, do better, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And it's never too late to un- try to undo what you did. Yes. Um, Start today, not tomorrow. Correct, yeah. Like, and I think that's one of the most important lessons is to letting your kids know when you felt like... It, it's not even an, an admittance of, of wrongdoing. No. It's just... I just think differently now, and that's yeah. okay. Um, and it, saying, saying that out loud is so important in my mind, and letting them know that what you thought before isn't wrong. It's just you, you You changed. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to change your opinion. And that ties back perfectly into, you know, everything we've been talking about with, with acceptance and sexuality and things like that. If you were somebody who was vocal about not being accepting, not Mm -hmm. having, you know, wanting people to kiss in public, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. If you, if you want or feel that you're, your opinions, your stance on the matter has changed. You are allowed to vocalize that. You're allowed to vocalize it just for yourself. You're allowed to vocalize it on social media. If you want, you know, everyone to know, whoever you feel like needs to know, or you want to know, you are allowed to say that you have changed your mind. And now this is how you think Mm -hmm. it's never, in my opinion, it's never wrong. It doesn't matter. I mean, hopefully you're moving towards the more open-mindedness and progressiveness, but it's never wrong to change your opinion. Right. Especially because that to me shows that you have an open mind because you're taking in new information, you're evaluating it, you're figuring it out for yourself and finding out where it aligns for your thought process and your goals, whatever in life. And you're changing your mind. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. Like you change your mind, what your favorite restaurant is from season to season, what your, I mean, my favorite color has pretty much been the same all my life. So it's my favorite number, oddly enough, but my favorite movie has changed. My favorite book has changed. My favorite hairstyle has changed. 
you know how many times I have tried on clothes at the store and by the time I got home, I oh, hated them? that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you were yeah. allowed to change your mind. Exactly. And so this is not a, this is not different, but no. we, we think it is because it was what we were born with. We think, but you weren't, you weren't born with it. So, um, again, just always move towards joy, move towards joy. If, if you, if it is unsettling to you, ask why yes. is it because you witnessed it and it bothered you at some point? Because it has nothing to do with what's happening right now. This is not the same scenario. This is, these are not the same people. It's zero effect on your life. Yeah. Or is it, I mean, there. I've met a lot of people in, in life that they are very vocal about being anti-gay or anti-LGBTQ. And then it comes out a couple of years later that they are somewhere on the spectrum themselves. And they were very insecure. And or right. they had in, negative influences by their parents or family members. Massive disapproval. Massive disapproval. So they were over compensating to try and mask the fact that they themselves were on the spectrum. So yeah, of course. It, it, I mean, it's maybe it's not fair of me, but when I come across those people that are very vocal about their their dislike or their whatever, like being anti-LGBTQ, my first inclination is you have not healed from something and you have not accepted uh, you had You had an experience. Yeah. Yeah, you had an experience. You had an experience and yeah. you have not accepted yeah. your true self. And yeah. so it's... If you, if you feel that, if you are sitting here listening to this and you're just like angry because we are, we are pro LGBTQ, we are pro acceptance and you're like, oh no, they're wrong. They're so blah. Like, well, you're probably not listening to this. You're probably not listening to this. <laughs> yeah. But ask yourself, like, why am I so against it? And that can be for anything in life. If you are listening to anything, if you are listening to politics, which I, as much as it's negative and you, you know, I don't want people focusing on the negative. I want people to focus on education and, and having information. So please listen to something, get your information from somewhere. But if you are very, if you feel very negatively about any one topic in life, ask yourself why, ask yourself why it doesn't align with that. And it's okay that not everything does align with you, but it's important to have those conversations and to get comfortable talking to yourself and figuring out where you're, where you're trying to go with it. Yeah. Like, but where you're, I can't think of words today. It's what matters to you and what your priorities are and priority are and everything. Just what, ali- what you want to align to you. There's a word that I'm trying to think of and it will not come to me. Pregnancy brain is real. Y'all don't get pregnant. It's a trap. <laughs> I told you almost a year ago to the, it was a year ago to the day yesterday. It we was. <laughs> For like a week straight. I just had it for like a week straight. Yes. Okay, so uh, so yes, as you were talking about, um, <laughs> I should have wrote it down. I have this paper in front of me and I never write it down. Um, you're talking about why. Discover why it bothers you, right? Mm-hmm. Discover why it bothers you. And I think that this is another touchy subject, borderline maybe, but to dial it back even a little bit further is, does this even impact me? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I think that if it was a simple matter of that for people, does it impact me if these two people get married? Nope. Like, if you got a bonus, like, if you got a $50 tax credit every time gays got married, you'd be like, get married. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't impact you one way or the other if they do. And, and if, if you're, I mean, like, depending on what your stance is, it only benefits you because they pay more into taxes. Yeah. Right? And the the, the, the question if you ask yourself is, like, so what's your, what's your hold up with it? Do you, is it because your morality is a problem? Is that what it is in your eyes? Because what I see is two people who would like to safely and securely buy a home. Mm -hmm. 
and both be on the policy and both be on the mortgage and both have car insurance in their name and both be able to have life insurance and access to life insurance and, and grieving rights by planning a funeral and have that all be legitimate and legalized the same way that you might not even want in your unhappy marriage. Right. And basic access to family members in the hospital. Correct. Like simple things that anything that you think of family, that's, that's what privilege. Want. Yeah. It's pri- Oh my God. Yeah. And the, if you don't realize it, like, but the but the, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, this was brought to me when I was in ninth grade from my government teacher, who told me the, the exact story that we're just saying was like a couple. He he had like a, um, a nighttime job or whatever. Mm-hmm. This guy he worked with, same like his partner of like twenty seven years was in a coma, couldn't see him in the hospital, mm-hmm. passed away, had zero rights, mm-hmm. zero. Like, if you don't shift your focus to like we we're talking about, like dabbling into hearing that story, you don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to like. I used to get to the point where I would hear sad stories like that and cry, like oh, yeah. cry for days because it was like yeah. it's so sad. It is sad, but it shouldn't be so sad to me that I can't go. I wish them better. Yeah, I, I that that's why you have a more open mind. That it has zero to do with. Whose parts are touching what parts? Exactly. Zero to do with it. I know a lot of straight people that are really freaky in the bedroom because they are my clients and mm-hmm. have bought out everything in the catalog yeah. and are asking you where to find more. Yeah, yeah. What, it, what category? Every category. Exactly. And I, I know a lot of couples on the spectrum of the LGBTQ family mm-hmm. that are very conservative and wait. I have... I have two gals that they waited till marriage to have sex. That they, one of them was super religious and the other was super accepting and super supportive. And they waited until marriage to have sex. And so it's, it's one of those things where it's, I, as a consultant at 27 years of age, have still met people that are my age or older or a little bit younger that are saving themselves for marriage so that that ideal resonated with them, but they threw away the rest of, of their religion that was hate, hateful and was not accepting and things like that. So it's, okay to take bits and pieces from things that are important to you and form your own opinion and Correct. your own personal religion within your within your brain yeah and i agree with that i think that's the way it should be yeah i think that way there there's there can be some organization there can be some blending there can be some mixing of the minds and there should be because then you open up yourself to the expansion process of what you won't accept but mm-hmm. more of what you want in your life exactly um and i just want to just challenge people to think about like one thing that we try to preach just to women when Mm -hmm. we're talking about empowerment in the bedroom is you got nerve endings from the top of your head to the tips of your toes Mm -hmm. so you know we get so heavily focused on the genitals yeah that was a shorter way to say that thank you um but i like when i'm like talking to my clients about ways to mix things up or like kind of getting outside the cliche boxes for them it's like all you gotta do is close your eyes and think about what feels good so we just don't associate it like that. If your partner's like lightly tracing their fingers up and down the nape of your neck and they're running it across your chest, you might not be, you know, sexually aroused potentially. Maybe it leads to that, but maybe it feels so good that you get goosebumps over your entire body and you feel a deeper connection to the person that's touching you. How is that different? It's just feel it's just body parts with mm-hmm. pleasure. That's all that it is. Yeah. It's all that it is. It's it's in this day and age People have more sex to have sex than they do for reproduction. And it's been that way for ages and ages and ages. So what's the problem? Well, it's um, my opinion. It is we are teaching that orgasm is the end all all be all Mm -hmm. in any sexual or intimate 
setting and that's just not the case it's the goal well but i'm saying that i think that's a benefit that's the it's benefit a, it's because benefit. like you ain't having evolutionary <laughs> sex so it shouldn't matter how you're having it yes but it should be more about connection and it should be more, i agree it should be more about how that other person makes you feel and how you like how you guys feel together and how you can help them feel yeah because Mm -hmm. then it takes to me it takes away the pressure in any relationship whether it's lgbtq or heterosexual or whatever Mm -hmm. it's you take the pressure of the orgasm away and you just have to have a good time two beings having a good time what's going to bring me joy in this bed right now exactly right and go from there Mm -hmm. mix it up keep it same old same old have the same person switch it up every night whatever brings you joy yeah, as long as everybody's consenting and, ha- and happy and, and being safe. safe. Mm-hmm. Yes, you take, I mean, you don't have to, but I think it probably would heighten the experience if you took the other person's feelings into consideration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's big for me is I get a lot of, of personal pleasure out of pleasing other people. Mm-hmm. And it, in the bedroom and out of the bedroom. But yeah. in the bedroom, it's more fun, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's also more personal that mm-hmm. there too okay. so yeah so good conversation i think i hope that this was like more broad so it wasn't so specific yeah. i was trying not to be too well yeah narrow on any well topic. i think when, when you go narrow it just goes back to 60s 70s 80s yeah the night not 1960s 70s 80s for those of you that don't even understand what we're saying <laughs> um right because that's where we started from yeah and and it's not different like you can go back in history books and history books and history books and there was there's always been people being outside the spectrum of the two classically known ways to identify Mm -hmm. uh so it's not new which is just also what's bizarre it's like so okay so so hello it's been around forever been around forever if they wrote about it in the bible as a sin it was the round exactly right so who got to dictate and decide that yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I've never looked at it that way. It's, that's my life bulb. Literally, literally life bulb. Yeah. It's literally been, like, homosexuality in, like, in the spectrum has been around since the time of the Bible because how else would they have written about it as sin? Right, exactly. So. So it is, it is so normal. It's it, so normal it, it's it biblical. So, it, exactly. It is so normal it's biblical. Oh my, I want a shirt that says that. That's awesome. It is so normal it's biblical. I'm going to put that as a quote on my Facebook for pride. It's so normal it's biblical. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because, yeah. yeah I'm, gonna leave it, I'm just going to leave it at that, I think. I think I'm going to yeah. leave it at that. So, um, and I, I, the only other thing I want to touch on is what you had said is like, so I, I don't know if you ever watch Ozarks. Uh, I've seen like the first few episodes. Okay. So, it, I really liked... It's such a dark show. Yeah. But I really like when you do see, I don't know why this isn't, <laughs> this is, this is my niche of gay <laughs> stories. I really like big burly men. Like, like yeah. in that episode, like he's like a lumberjack type. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of gay story. I love it because it's so not what you would expect, mm-hmm. but there's almost always like that ends terribly. That show, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it ends terribly for that man. Oh. But when you, there's moments where you can see him live as authentic self and he's a different character. Mm-hmm. And that is like the thing that's like, that's what people need to see. And again, just ties back to why not provide a place? Like if that was your child, mm-hmm. if that was somebody of great importance to you and you could see the difference, if you had a backstage pass, not necessarily into their sex life, but to see how they felt behind the curtain would you change your action reaction? Mm-hmm. And hopefully you can use that as like a barometer. Like if I thought that way and everybody else on planet earth thought that way, would we be in a better place? 
And if everybody thought my way, would we truly be the better place? Because I guarantee for you, people that see and think that, I don't, I can't imagine that they're always 100% like, yes, this feels good. Mm -mm. You know, like, it's got to be sometimes goes, do I want to say the exact same thing I said last time? Yeah. Do, do, do I not see this person as a human being just, I just have to be right. I'm so far deep into it. I can't backtrack because if I did, people think I was. Mm-hmm. batch crazy oh yeah and my pride is on the line and my money's on the line mm-hmm. and all of those other things do you think that that's part of it i think that's a huge part of it is that they know better like you like when you hear like of things like we'll go on a really quick tangent when you hear of things like of the me too movement when you think mm-hmm. you hear things about r kelly and uh jeffrey epstein and yeah. you hear like i don't know if y'all watch the second part of the r kelly thing it's on netflix it's part of lifetime Every, you talk about hearing black stories. You need to hear these black women's stories. Like, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I actually I won't go that far. We won't go farther. I think people should watch it. But um, we're talking about watching those things. God darn it. That's the third time in this podcast. I'm not even line. pregnant. Your money your money's on the line. Are you yes. Okay. They all got yeah. Tube side. Um, they talk about, they talk, like, especially in that particular show mm-hmm. so far, um, they talk to past managers they talk to him, his brothers mm. where they say i mean some of them are open and honest say we knew better it was just a way to justify our morals you know like it was just like if if i act like well i mean it seems suspicious but i don't have enough evidence then mm. i let myself off the hook and that in the moment they, they can say i i knew it in the moment i knew it in the moment but that's what i did to justify i that's what i did to make myself like that's that's a hard position to be in mm-hmm. so um People are more aware than I think they want to tap into, yeah, of that discord. So if you see somebody hurting, if you see somebody in pain, or you see somebody inflicting, you're the person that's inflicting it, is that truly what you want? Is that truly Mm -hmm. what you want to leave as a legacy that you couldn't see somebody else being more important than a value or belief that might have been out of touch? Yeah. Cool. That's powerful. Thanks. Um, I just have always loved the gays. I just, they've... There's so much, it's, uh, I don't want to sound like a classic hag, but there's so much fun. Even my father, who is like one of the, well, as far as I know, the most heterosexual men I know, but worked on the railroad for years and years and years and years. Cigar smoking, beer drinking, golfing, whatever. He's just so much fun. Um, Like a couple years ago, was like, where's the best place to see a drag show in Lincoln. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, oh my God, it's so much fun. I'm like, it is so much fun, dad. Well, I think it's something that you said, you've said previously when we were talking about like lesbian sex and gay sex is that Uh they didn't have like a movie or porn or society telling them how. They didn't have the cues. They didn't have the script of how they were supposed to do things. So when they, they took the time to figure out what was pleasurable to them and what they liked and what they wanted. And so their sex is statistically better like they have right. reported that Than they heterosexual have... couples exactly yeah. and i think that that's why people that are are con- like out living their best life on the on the spectrum they're confident with who they are it's because they didn't have as many influences as heterosexual people do so they they had to figure it out on their yeah. own and now they're confident in who they are because they took the time to figure out what they wanted in their life and what they didn't want yeah how beautiful that we we had exposure to watch that happen as mm-hmm. as homosexuality became more mainstream as one of the first before lesbianism, mm-hmm. before everything else that's out on the spectrum and in your, in your public now, we got to watch them dictate that. So you should lead from inspiration mm-hmm. about 
yes, they had to do it behind closed doors for a long time, but they do what makes them happy. Exactly. So we need to take a note out of that. And I think that lesbians were not too far behind, but still are more rigid. Yeah. That's a cliche, but I said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Right? Okay. okay, I don't know. It's, yeah. I'm not a lesbian, so I can't say. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up this podcast. I really hope that this was about a whole bunch of light and love. And if you've got someone gay in your life that doesn't mind listening to hags and try to riff on how much we love them, send it on over to them because we want to celebrate them and happy pride month to you and who you are. And you're perfect in every, every facet, just live your life. So tell them quickly where they can find you. Photos of Anderson.com or on Facebook or look out for boudoir photos with Anderson. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. You got me on Instagram. Don't forget about the empowerment class. We're cooking tomorrow for chef tones kitchen. Seven 30. And the VIP page. It's hopping. It's lovely. It's amazing. It's a, it's an all-inclusive love group, but it is just for feminine. T- it's, it's I'll just be frank. It's mostly for heterosexual women because that's what I can preach to. Okay. So we love you so much. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week per the usual, and we hope you stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Bye-bye. Bye.